Welcome to the Homeland Heroes Salute, a podcast dedicated to sharing stories to heal and honor our heroes. We are your hosts, Bill Taub and Dave Tilly. Hi, I'm Dave Tilly, and I'm here with Phil Taub, and welcome, welcome to the Homeland Heroes podcast. And we're going to be talking with Henry Hoach, the, the COO of Harbor Care, about homelessness as December is Homelessness Awareness Month. And thank you so much, Henry, for joining our podcast uh, here today. Absolutely, and very happy to be here. Thank you. Well, Henry, Henry, I'd like to lead off. Uh, Henry's the CEO of uh, Harbor Care and uh, also overseeing our Veterans First program. But Henry is also a veteran himself. He is in the United States Army Reserves currently and recently uh, achieved uh, becoming a lieutenant colonel in the uh, Army Reserves. And Henry, what, what got you... Um, so inspired and active to serve our country and would love to hear a little bit about that. Absolutely, David. Um, so my, my journey began very, very early on. Uh, I am a, a proud uh, immigrant uh, to the United States, uh, a great country that has provided so much opportunity uh, for, uh, for many. And throughout uh, my life, uh, through uh, hard work, uh, dedication, and uh, and uh, commitment to uh, serving serving others, I really have had the opportunity uh, to uh, to live in in the United States and um, come across many opportunities to uh, improve uh, myself and uh, and um, the, uh, the the community around me. It hasn't been uh, easy uh, uh, coming into the United States as an immigrant, not knowing the language, not knowing the culture, not knowing the systems can be challenging, but through uh, perseverance and dedication, uh, key elements of the fabric of the American culture, um, I was able to um, uh, ultimately uh, uh, get into the University of uh, Massachusetts uh, in, in Lowell uh, and upon Mike graduation from uh, from UMass Lowell, which was in the year 2000, I decided that uh, I needed to uh, uh, to um, really uh, give back, uh, give back to the country that gave me so much. Uh, so in August of 2001, I, uh, I enlisted in the uh, Massachusetts uh, Army National Guard and uh, about uh, three weeks later, the uh, the entire world changed uh, when mm -hmm. September 11th came about. So um, that really uh, accelerated my uh, my progression through the uh, through the military. I um, went to uh, uh, basic training at uh, Fort Benning, Georgia. I enlisted as uh, an infantryman. And uh, upon my return from basic training, I was assigned to a uh, a rifle company within the uh, Massachusetts Army National Guard. Um, I uh, uh, enjoyed my my time there, but I knew I could contribute more. Uh, so I decided to become an officer uh, in the uh, uh, in the Army and uh, signed up for officer candidate school. Uh, went off to uh, 
uh, went off to do that, decided to branch uh, infantry uh, and uh, decided to uh, also uh, pursue some additional uh, education at, at, at the same time while uh, maintaining my, my career on, on the civilian, civilian world. So all of that was challenging to, uh, uh, to balance, but uh, was very, very rewarding. In 2006, uh, we, uh, as, a, uh, as a unit, uh, the 182nd Infantry Regiment out of uh, Massachusetts received our uh, notice uh, that we were going to, uh, we were going to deploy. Um, and we were a little unsure as to where we were going at that point in time. Um, but we were informed uh, shortly thereafter that we were uh, heading off to uh, 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 deployment to uh, uh, Kosovo, uh, which was part of the uh, former uh, Yugoslavia on a NATO peacekeeping mission. Now, I'll be, uh, um, I'll be honest with, with, uh, uh, with you guys. Uh, we, we were a little disappointed that uh, we got orders to go to Kosovo. At the time, the war in, uh, in Afghanistan and Iraq were, uh, were, were going, and uh, the individuals in an infantry rifle company wanted to get into the fight and um, uh, put their training uh, to use. Um, but nonetheless, uh, we, we had orders, and we, needed, we had a job to, uh, uh, to carry out which we did, uh, and we did a, uh, a fantastic job. Um, we, uh, we, within uh, the 12-month uh, period that we were in, uh, in Kosovo, uh, we trained the, uh, uh, the Kosovo police. Uh, we, had, um, we built many relationships with the, uh, the local community. Uh, we built markets. Uh, we uh, help uh, with uh, building school playgrounds. Um, we also um, worked on um, many missions with the uh, Kosovo police uh, in, in, interdict in interdicting um, uh, drugs coming uh, through the uh, the Balkans uh, over to uh, uh, to Western to Western Europe, uh, and we were also very involved in uh, fighting uh, human human trafficking. So once the uh, the tour uh, concluded, um, uh, we felt that we we made a difference, uh, and and we truly did. Uh, I had the opportunity to work under a a great leader. Uh, at that time, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Eric Fury, uh, who is currently the uh, executive director of another nonprofit called the Athens Czech Foundation here in New Hampshire. Um, after that, um, I, uh, I remained with, uh, with the infantry and subsequently had another deployment to Afghanistan. Uh, this was in 2014 uh under the um leadership of uh, general joseph dumford uh, uh i was on his um his staff at uh, camp uh, isaf in uh, kabul and uh was there as the uh transition from uh uh us uh combat operations we were transitioning us uh combat operations over to the afghan uh, army uh and that uh um that transition uh, continued uh, beyond that. Um, so as David noted, I'm currently a Lieutenant Colonel in the Massachusetts Army National Guard and certainly look forward to con contributing to uh, um, make an impact where I can.
That's tremendous. That's tremendous. In in uh, I've got a, got a couple questions there. So what what age were you when you immigrated to the United States? How old were you then? I was uh, I was six years old, uh, and wow. yeah, I first uh, uh, first landed in the um, uh, city of uh, Newark, uh, New Jersey, uh, in the in the early eighties. And, and your education in the service is that what um, helped helped foster and lead you into the healthcare and nonprofit uh, field? Was it through your service first, or how how did that come about? Well, I think that um, along along the way, I, I developed a, a passion to uh, to serve to serve others, uh, and uh, through my um, undergraduate education, uh, I was uh, I was living in uh, the city of uh, Lowell, Massachusetts, which is a very diverse and, and vibrant place. Um, but uh, there were also uh, many areas within the city that uh, were were in need. Uh, I started working with um, uh, a healthcare organization, a federally qualified community health center in, in, in Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, and that really was my first uh, foray into uh, health and, and human services. Um, so it is, it is uh, a passion. Uh, I think I've acquired uh, skills and knowledge throughout my, uh, my years on, on this earth that I can leverage to, uh, uh, to, to help people um, uh, and, and, and really uh, make, make an impact within the communities that I work. Henry, hi, it's Phil. I'm, I'm going to jump in here and let me also welcome you to the podcast. Great to have you on here. And really, you're doing some incredible stuff. I, I want to learn more about what you're doing at Harvard Care. You know, how long have you been there? And, and then love to talk to you a little bit about your observations and learnings, you know, in the veteran homeless community. Sure. Thank you, Phil. So uh, a little bit about... Uh... Harbor Care. Harbor Care is one of the uh, uh, the largest health and human services organizations within the state of New Hampshire, and, and the largest um, uh, provider of veteran services across uh, uh, across the state. Um, uh, within Harbor Care, uh, we strive to provide uh, integrated services uh, as well as um, uh, housing uh, to uh, vulnerable populations. Um, within uh, healthcare, we provide uh, primary care, behavioral health, dental, and, and home care services. Uh, we also have uh, many uh, programs uh, that are designed to uh, uh, treat addiction, uh, both in the residential setting and uh, an outpatient basis. Um, and of course, we also have a wide array of uh, uh, veteran, veteran programs uh, to provide uh, both housing and and supportive supportive services. You know, if we're looking from a numbers perspective, every every year, Harbor Care touches the lives of approximately five thousand individuals and families across New Hampshire. Um, over the course of the past eighteen months, uh, we're proud to uh, to say that uh, we've been able to house over one hundred uh, households that were previously chronically homeless. And this is within the uh, the city of Nashua. 
we uh, uh, currently provide housing and, and other services to over 450 veterans and their families across the state and uh, provide housing to over 500 individuals and families, non-veterans across New Hampshire. Harbor Care is really proud to, um, uh, to have contributed to ending chronic veteran homelessness in Nashua. This happened in 2017. And uh, we are very much looking forward to contributing to the fight in ending veteran homelessness across the state of New Hampshire. Uh, over the course of the next uh, couple of years. So through our uh, many programs, uh, we offer uh, transitional housing uh, and we do that through uh, a couple of facilities in Nashua and one in Manchester. Uh, we offer uh, through a program called uh, the Homeless uh, Veteran Reintegration uh, Program offer employment services uh, where we um, work with our um, uh, at-risk veterans in uh, obtaining jobs. Uh, we coach them on uh, how to interview. If they need clothes to go to an interview, like a suit, we, we work with them to do that uh, and uh, provide coaching throughout the whole, whole experience. Um, Henry, if I interrupt you for a second, and sure. amazing work, by the way, and, and really uh, can't say enough great things about Harbor Care's ability, you know, to knock out homelessness amongst veterans in Nashua. And I agree with you. Also looking forward to seeing, you know, winning that fight in the rest of the state. But take us through, you know, I, I've, uh, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time, but I've seen these camps, you know, where they are, you know, there could be a dozen or more, you know, homeless folks, you know, camped together, right? There's pockets of this, unfortunately, all over our state, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm assuming it's a challenge to figure out who amongst those veterans are homeless. And then it's probably a challenge once you figure out who's homeless to get them to come off the streets. Not everybody wants to leave the woods or, you know, there's some of them are survivalists and, and then, you know, maybe they're not, they need to get sober, right? Maybe they're, they are struggling with addiction and maybe just walk us through the journey of, of like, how do you guys, you know, get someone who's really struggling out there to come off the streets and, and then take them through, you know, what, how Harbor Care has to offer. Sure. That's a great question, Phil. And, and I'll give you a very, very specific example. Um, last, uh, last summer, uh, in, in the throes of the, uh, the pandemic, our um, uh, supported services for uh, veterans and families or SSVF programs, uh, outreach workers um, were out in the field uh, going out to the uh, uh, homeless encampments uh, and um, uh, working with other community partners in identifying uh, veterans in those encampments. I recall one one specific uh, day. Uh, it was uh, it was very warm. Uh, I believe it was in the month of July, and uh, I had the uh, uh, the opportunity to join one of these um, uh, one of these teams, uh, and uh, we went to the city of uh, of Nashua, where um, one of the uh, largest uh, encampments was at, at at the time. And our outreach workers uh, went into the uh, went into the in encampment, uh, and uh, they had developed uh, re relationships with um, uh, with folks in, in the encampment, and um, 
and whenever a, uh, a a veteran was uh, in the encampment, uh, we were we were made aware, um, and it's um, it was pretty amazing to see. We had a uh, uh, a couple um, who were living in northern New Hampshire. They had uh, lost their house. The individual was a homeless. Um, they were homeless, uh, but he was a um, uh, a uh, Air Force veteran, if I recall correctly. Uh, the team identified him uh, in the um, in the morning uh, during uh, during our, our walk through the uh, through the encampment, and leveraging the resources uh, that uh, we have available, uh, within a matter of hours, uh, the team uh, was able to identify uh, appropriate um, uh, transitional um, uh, shelter. Um, uh, transitional housing um, in, in, in the form of, um, uh, it was a hotel at the time, that's the resource that we had available. Uh, picked them up later on that day and had a roof uh, over uh, their head uh, by, by the evening. And then our case managers work with them um, uh, to determine uh, what are the needs that are presented? What are the challenges or barriers that are presented to them? And uh, work tirelessly uh, to uh, knock down those barriers and get them on the path uh, to uh, either uh, get into a treatment addiction treatment facility if that's what's needed, uh, or on a path to uh, permanent housing. Uh, and sometimes that path uh, leads to uh, one of our uh, transitional housing facilities that I referenced earlier, located in Nashua and 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 Manchester. Um, so we have uh, a multitude of, of success stories uh, that, uh, uh, that that I'm um, I'm happy to share along those lines. But it was uh, it was really uh, powerful to see that unfold uh, firsthand. That's awesome. Really, just 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 I'm getting chills just listening to this. So, what what is your sense now of uh, how many homeless veterans? we still have, you know, out there in New Hampshire. Do you, you guys tracking that? Yes, Phil, ab absolutely. This is something that um, we really, uh, as, as a state, as local communities need to uh, keep, um, keep an eye on, 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 on a daily basis, if not hourly, hourly basis. Um, across the state of, of New Hampshire, uh, we have uh, 107 uh, veterans experiencing homelessness. Uh, now, uh, 63 of them are in our uh, transitional housing uh, programs uh, within Nashua and, and Manchester. Uh, we do have some of them that are currently in hotels, uh, and uh, we've made that connection through our um, SSVF, SSVF program. Uh, but we still have uh, veterans that are in shelters um, or are unsheltered. Um, and um, that is really something that is uh, un un unacceptable. We, we, we need to... Uh, work, come together as a state, as a community, uh, leverage all the resources that uh, uh, that we have uh, to engage um, our uh, homeless uh, veterans and 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 get them uh, into uh, appropriate appropriate housing. Now, there are of course individuals that um, um, are resistant 
to um, uh, to uh, moving out of their current situation uh, into uh, transitional or, or permanent housing. Uh, and, and that's really where the uh, uh, communication and relationship building comes into play so we can develop trust uh, and help them uh, guide them along along their journey. Hey, Henry, this is uh, uh, David back uh, and have a couple questions. Um, so, I mean, you've you've done a lot of very impactful things for our veterans through Harbor Care. Um, I, I've witnessed uh, before and I know our listenership uh, knows, too, that I'm part of the very proudly part of the Harbor Care team. And when when I first uh, really, really got involved with Harbor Care. I was uh, head of Department of Housing and Urban Development, and Harbor Care was my partner and my go-to on uh, working together to end veterans homelessness in the Granite State. And so I've seen very firsthand uh, Harbor Care and your team's work and, and yours personally. Um, You've literally uh, not only provided housing for veterans most in need and changed lives, but literally in many cases saved lives. And and while I know you can't share personal names, could would you be able to share some of those stories? Sure, David. I think the um, I, I think uh, if one of one of the programs that 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 we have is our uh, veterans uh, uh, permanent housing um, uh, that is located in uh, Plymouth, uh, New Hampshire. Um, so in uh, in uh, the facility uh, which we call Boulder Boulder Point, uh, we have uh, 30, 30 units uh, which provide housing. Uh, to uh, to veterans um, who have uh, fought in the Korean War um, and most recently in the um, wars in Iraq and, and and Afghanistan and when the uh, pandemic the COVID nineteen pandemic uh, first uh, began to uh, uh, to emerge it was. Um, for many people, it was a scary point in time. Things were shutting down. Essential services were uh, were not uh, uh, were not available, uh, and um, with uh, individuals who might suffer some post traumatic uh, stress um, or other uh, uh, challenges in in their in their lives, it, it can be that that was a scary point in time. Well, our um, our teams in collaboration with uh, with the VA uh, continue to have uh, a presence uh, at that uh, at, at that facility, and um, we were able to keep them informed. Uh, we as as soon as the uh, COVID nineteen vaccine was uh, was available, uh, they were one of the first individuals that uh, uh, received the uh, uh, the vaccine uh, at, uh, at at Boulder Point. Um, and uh, really help them uh, navigate through uh, that uh, 
a very challenging, challenging time. Um, and I think if uh, anybody were to uh, take a drive up to uh, the uh, uh, Boulder Point uh, facility, you really get a, a sense of community there. Um, and the, uh, the, 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 the uh, town of Plymouth really has put their arms around uh, the veterans uh, at, uh, at, at Boulder Point. Uh, and, and I think that um, Harbor, Harbor Care uh, in, in collaboration with the VA and other uh, community partners um, have, have really uh, uh, gone above and beyond uh, to uh, make sure that the, uh, the veterans uh, at that facility are are living their life to the fullest extent. And and true. Um, and thank you for bringing up you know what everyone's been going through with the challenges of the pandemic. But but through it all, your Harbor Care team uh, never ceased operations. Uh, you know, continued to work around the clock. Well obviously being impacted and having cases, but you also uh, hadn't experienced a um, widespread uh, cases of COVID at any of your facilities, correct? No, uh, so so just uh, wanted to, you know, applaud uh, the Harbor Care team on that too on uh, everything that you've uh, been able to do through the pandemic with a very vulnerable population of, uh, of uh, folks that we serve. Uh, well, David, we, we, um, that, that was something that, um, that was certainly top of mind. We had congregate living settings and um, at, 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 at that point, very, uh, I'm, I'm talking spring of last year, very limited information. Uh, but uh, as soon as we, we, we received, um, whether it was PPE um, or, um, uh, or access to, 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 to the vaccine, we, we, we responded very, uh, very quickly. So, Henry, let me just ask you, you know, what, what are you projecting out in the next sort of five or 10 years for homelessness in New Hampshire? You know, I know the, there's a shift in the population, the, the overall veteran population, right? Unfortunately, our Vietnam era veterans, right, are in their 70s and mm -hmm. into their 80s now. And unfortunately, we're going to lose a lot of them. Um, you know, we, we've got this war and terror, you know, so we have a lot, you know, this younger group of veterans, some of whom have, you know, struggling with traumatic brain injuries and, and uh, PTS and PTSD. And, but my sense is that the overall population in New Hampshire of veterans, because we're going to lose the Vietnam era veterans is going to go down. Uh, what's your, what's your sense about the homeless population? Are we expecting a, any dramatic changes or is it pretty much this hundred or so veterans for the next, you know, five or so years? Well, Phil, I, I, I hope that's not the case in, uh, in, in, in five years. And what, uh, what we have to do as a state uh, is ensure that we have uh, resilient systems that are in place uh, so we can very rapidly identify uh, a veteran who is either at risk or is homeless uh, 
and uh, leverage the resources that we have uh, to, to help that individual and his or her, his or her family. Um, what, um, what we need to do is to uh, ensure that the, uh, uh, the communities at large are aware of what we're facing. Um, so we have 107 veterans experiencing homelessness in the state right now. And I think that it's, uh, it's a very known point uh, across the state that housing, permanent housing is an extremely short supply. And uh, we have to uh, come up with uh, creative solutions uh, that will provide uh, access uh, to available housing uh, to to our veterans. Now that is uh, raising awareness amongst uh, individuals who um, uh, who are who own uh, who own properties, uh, uh, and uh, currently there are certainly barriers uh, associated with uh, with gaining access to uh, to those uh, uh, to those to those apartments. Uh, but but we need to knock down we need to knock down those barriers. Uh, we need to work with uh, 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 with developers, having conversations with them, raising awareness about the need. Uh, and coming up with uh, with creative creative solutions. Um, that's that's how we're going to move the uh, the needle in in getting our our veterans uh, the housing that they deserve. I like that. No, no, that's a great answer. I love that. Uh, so just taking a step back now for the folks that are listening, you know, what do you think are the leading causes? You know, based on what you guys are seeing in New Hampshire for veterans becoming homeless? So there are certainly many, many complexities there, Phil. Uh, I think we, we've touched on, 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 a few, on a few of them. Um, mental health um, is, uh, is, is something that, that uh, really uh, comes, um, comes to the surface. There's a lot of stigma uh, around uh, mental mental health, I can speak from my own personal experience that and and spending two decades in in the uh, in the infantry, um, the the mantra there is you you come across a challenge um, or something that, that that you're struggling with, you just suck it up and drive on, uh, and it's very very hard to pull that away uh, because it does become fabric of of um, becomes part of the fabric that that defines you um if you um if you uh, reach out and, and and get help uh in in the past that was seen as a weakness um now i will say that uh over the course of the past um uh, I'd say maybe uh, seven to ten years. Uh, the uh, the military has has really taken taken notice uh, and has uh, invested in programs to enhance resiliency, to give the green light to um, uh, individuals serving in in uniform uh, to to get help and and making that help uh, uh, available. Now we won't see the benefits of that for first. Uh, the the the, uh, the long term benefits for for a while uh, because it takes time to shift shift the culture uh, but uh, I'm I'm hopeful uh, that 
the the attention that uh, that the military is is, is uh, paying uh, to uh, uh, to uh, addressing that stigma uh, will 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 reap some some benefits. Of course, mental health is closely tied to uh, substance misuse, uh, and we certainly uh, see that um, a lot. Um, uh, uh, and what, um, as I mentioned uh, uh, previously, Phil, we we within Harbor Care have services both in the residential and uh, outpatient setting that um, provide support for. Uh, for addiction, addiction treatment, and we certainly extend those out to the veterans that uh, uh, that that we serve. Um, you also mentioned uh, traumatic uh, brain injury, uh, and and that's uh, that that's certainly something that can manifest itself in many in many different ways, um, and many negative ways if it uh, if it's undiagnosed. So there are many. Um, there are many paths that uh, uh, that can lead a veteran to a homelessness, and not not all of them involve um, TBI, mental health, or or SUD, uh, but they are prevalent. Henry, um, you know, many of our listeners on this podcast uh, are going to want to help. You know, they're going to want to figure out how what what they can do. Uh, to help Harbor Care, to help uh, our veterans in the Granite State most in need, uh, what can they do? Well, <laughs> they can do a lot. Um, uh, number one, um, on the topic of, uh, of, of housing, um, if you are a landlord or know a landlord that has uh, available, uh, av available units, um, Please uh, let let us let us know. Let us know. Um, uh, there is a, a a veteran within a veteran and their family potentially within within the state uh, that uh, that uh, could really use that uh, that housing. Uh, as as we close, I'll provide some contact information where you can send um, those uh, uh, those those referrals to. Um, the second is. Um, if uh, you know of a, a veteran in need, uh, reach out. Reach out to us, um, and uh, let us uh, work with the uh, with the veteran uh, to help identify the um, uh, the appropriate resources that uh, uh, that they need. Uh, and the third is uh, raise awareness. Raise awareness. We um, we we have. We have over a hundred veterans that are in, in need uh, right now, and in a great great country uh, that is um, uh, willing and able to re repay uh, uh, the debt um, that um, that needs to be uh, repaid as a result of the uh, the service and sacrifice that uh, these, these veterans have put 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 on the table. Um, so raise raise oh. awareness. So, Henry, if someone knows someone right now that is a veteran that's homeless or at risk of homelessness, um, what what should they do? Step number one is to um, call call for an assessment. We have a 
uh, a de dedicated line um, that uh, individuals can call. I'll give you that number right now. It's uh, 603-305-1122. Again, 603-305-1122. That's one mechanism. The second mechanism is um, uh, by going to uh, Harbor, Harbor Care's uh, website, which is uh, harborcarenh.org. Uh, there is a, um, on the main page, there's a button that uh, uh, says, I need help now. You click that button uh, and you type in um, uh, the, uh, uh, the, in, uh, the, the information uh, that, uh, that is available. And then that gets sent out to a group of, uh, of, of individuals who will respond. Um, and the uh, the last uh, uh, mechanism to communicate uh, with us is by uh, emailing us at uh, hope h o p e at harborcarenh.org. Oh, that's great. And Phil, I don't know if you you want to add in here though, but um, also Henry, how could folks help Harborcare? How can folks help uh, your your mission at Harbor Care? Is it um, donations of items? I know you, you've mentioned uh, getting landlords engaged with helping with that uh, housing, but how how directly uh, can they also uh, help the great work you're doing? Sure. So there are um, many. There are many ways as as a, as a, as a uh, health and human services uh, organization with uh, with a non with a nonprofit status. Um, uh, we do we do rely on donations to carry forward the uh, the mission. Uh, on that same uh, uh, website, um, there is a, a link uh, to um, uh, learn more about how uh, an individual can uh, contribute to uh, harbor care and, and get in, in, in the fight uh, to help end uh, veteran homelessness. Uh, on the uh, landing page, uh, you, you can click on the uh, donate button and um, uh, that'll guide you through uh, how you can make a, a donation. Um, one of the other uh, ways that um, that um, uh, I'll give you actually a very specific example of how a very, very generous donor uh, was able to uh, uh, to help um, our uh, homeless veterans. One of the one of the things that uh, uh, that uh, that we we can we hopefully can provide a veteran is, is, in, a, is an apartment. Uh, but in, in some cases, um, everything that they own, they're carrying on their back. Uh, so they're walking into an apartment and um, they might not, they don't have furniture. They don't have a kitchen table. They don't have pots and pans, things, things of that nature. Um, we did have a very generous donor who um, uh, made a commitment and uh, uh, purchased uh, uh, 16 full sets of brand new furniture, uh, kitchen table, uh, bedroom set, uh, dressers um, uh, to help uh, uh, fit out uh, an, an apartment uh, for uh, 
for for our veterans. I think uh, one of the comments that we received from um, one of our case managers uh, when he walked uh, uh, one of our uh, veterans into his new uh, his new apartment, he looked around. He looked at the beautiful beautiful facility. He looked at the new furniture, and he turns around to the uh, to the case manager. Wow, this is like the Taj Mahal, uh, and and that's um, uh, and that's that's really what they deserve. It, it totally is. It totally is. I mean, no no veteran that ever has served their country should be forced to sleep on the streets, and and uh, so couldn't be more proud of the work that Harbor Care Veterans First Team does. Thank you, David. I'll just add, you know, Henry, really, I mean, talk about a life well spent, you know, from your own service, you know, coming as an immigrant and I'm an immigrant as well. So I, I totally get that. And, uh, you know, to, to all the things you do every day, right. To help our homeless veterans. Uh, I just don't know how you could do any better, you know, uh, that's, you should be proud of, of everything you've accomplished. And, um, I love that you're in this fight and, and you view it that way. Right. And you're just going to continue this fight. So uh, I think on behalf of all of us, you know, that are listening to this, thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you, Phil. And, and thank you, um, and your organization, uh, swim with a mission. Um, we have, uh, uh really, uh, been successful in partnering, uh, with, um, uh, with SOAM uh, throughout the past uh, couple of years. Certainly look forward to uh, continued partnership. Uh, and thank you to uh, uh, David Tilly uh, and Homeland Heroes for uh, hosting uh, this uh, this podcast, uh, getting the word out. Uh, it really uh, it's uh, very, very powerful. Thank you. Thank you, Henry. We can't thank you enough for joining us on this podcast, uh, sharing sharing your story really, your, your life story, your military service, and what you uh, continue to do today to help our veterans uh, serving at Harbor Care. And I know uh, Phil and I can't thank you enough for joining us today uh, on this podcast. As again, we, we recognize December as Homelessness Awareness Month, and together we will all work together to end veterans homelessness. And, and thank you so much. Thank you. This podcast is a co-production brought to you by the Homeland Heroes Foundation, an organization dedicated to the reacclimation support of active duty service members, veterans, and their families in their time of need. And Dairy Cam who believes a better world starts with a connected community. To learn more, visit homelandheroesfoundation.org and dairycam.org. Follow the Homeland Heroes Salute on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for listening, and make sure you subscribe to the Homeland Heroes Salute wherever you listen to podcasts. The views expressed by our guests and others are solely their own. Views expressed in this podcast do not represent any of the uniformed services, the Homeland Heroes Foundation, Dairy Cam, Swim with a Mission, Harbor Care, Veterans First, or any other organization.